0: i the flash motherfucker, yeah, the kickback Not a competition, little boy, that I, he six- I will wait for you I'm gonna eat a gummy bear I just saw a clip on Yay Rodriguez This guy is insane The things that he's been doing in the octagon are It sucks on his last fight though that Brian Ortega, he messed up his leg I think it was his knee That was crazy I knew it was gonna be a good fight Like, Like that fight was the start of a great fight it didn't happen it, it had to stop Yair Rodriguez and no the entire featherweight division in itself is freaking crazy we got Alexander Alexander the Great the champion we got Yair Rodriguez we got Josh Emmett we got Brian Ortega Max Holloway all of those fighters that those five fighters right there who was on that list of featherweights Um. oh Cal- uh, Calvin Cater Calvin Cater is a good fighter got messed up a little bit by uh, Max Holloway but we don't talk about that we don't talk about that at all nah I'm just kidding yeah we do Max Holloway beat him up I'm the best boxer in the UFC baby that's exactly what he said and honestly after that spectacular performance I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's not he's a great boxer speaking of boxing there's also um, news that Nate Diaz might be a boxer Next, he might do boxing and he might box against Floyd Mayweather. That's going to be interesting. Mayweather already fought against Conor McGregor in boxing. Conor McGregor lost to Nate Diaz in the UFC the first fight. And he lost kind of bad. They were just trying to push it. He was really popping. Nate Diaz was calling them out. They knew it was a money fight. They decided to take it. So they put Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz in the first fight. Nate Diaz ended up winning by submission. The second fight still uh conor mcgregor won but um uh, it wasn't like that big of a win i would say it was just it was it was a good fight between the both of them it's just i want to say like he won it easily hello are those are those stocks on your hello? profile picture yeah <laughs> i i i use this
1: email for my uh it's my main email but i use it for, i use it to have a stock youtube channel
0: ah uh, okay 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 a stocks youtube channel how was that it's, you, it's pretty are you really into stocks hold on, hold on let me
1: just connect my computer uh my camera i to join
0: so you got one capturing your video and one capturing your audio they
1: yeah so they both should be um this is my audio and then that's my camera all my computer and then uh-huh. on my phone i'm, I'm just hearing you
0: Ah, uh, okay. I have that microphone, too. It's on my camera somewhere. I don't know where I left it. I think I might have left it in my car, low-key. But yeah, I have that same microphone. Low-key, it reminds me of a set um, of my first setup. I had it like that. I had my laptop, and then I had my microphone, that microphone connected to my laptop, and it would just sit on top of my camera, so it would be like a microphone stand. So yeah. I just have a microphone here, and then just like that playing Minecraft with my friends.
1: How do you do it now? Because, uh, because since I connect my... Microphone to my computer. I can't hear you. Uh-huh, but it's annoying because if I do on my phone, I can hear myself In the meeting, huh. like, How do you because you're doing it all from your computer, right?
0: Yeah, it's all through the computer all through I have OBS open capturing my screen and I have um, Just the web chat right here So the how are you me- doing
1: it if there's one audio jack on the computer Like if you're plugging in your mic, you can't plug in your headphones,
0: right? Uh, no I have- well I have the mic input, right? This is- it's a USB input. So this is a mic- Oh, it's
1: a USB mic. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. No, I would highly suggest getting one of these. This is a Blue Snowball. They're very cheap, very affordable, and if you get the right filters on it on OBS, you can have like really, really crispy audio. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna look into
0: that for sure. This is my first microphone that I ever had. I got it from a yard sale, actually, for like 10 bucks. Wow. And I've been using it for like the past 10 years. Wow, $10? Yeah. All right, man, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, sounds good. Welcome back to the Kickback Podcast. My name is John. Today we have another guest, Nicholas, the MMA Kid underscore network. How you doing, man? everybody. Bro, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Did you just come off of an interview? Yeah, You interviewed somebody yesterday, huh? How was that? Yeah, I
1: interviewed Carly Lombardo yesterday. How was that? It was pretty good, pretty good. There were live interviews, so it was on Instagram
0: live. Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna tune into it but i was hanging out with some friends and we were shooting some like film stuff so Mm -hmm. they were like like this the entire time so i was like checking in and then going out and then like i went to go back and looked at the the live replay i was like Uh, thank you for
1: checking
0: in yeah of course but yeah man um what tell us what you do you like to interview fighters you said you're the next ariel hawani in your instagram (laughs) bio i found that pretty funny how what made you get into that
1: so it started with I'm just super, I'm a super duper UFC fan. As you can see, there's more to my wall than this. Yeah, it's, you have on. a
0: lot of stuff.
1: Uh huh. So I'm just a huge UFC fan and I wanted to, well, fighting fan, but, and I wanted to incorporate, like, I wanted to find a way, how do I speak to these fighters? How do I speak to my role models? Uh-huh. So I started doing these interviews. I'm just trying to grow and grow and grow and grow. And grow to get higher and higher and interview these high-profile fighters. Uh-huh. But it's also really fun interviewing these fighters that are early on in their career that are about to become the next big thing as well. And yeah. I just want to know from their perspective, what are they thinking and, and what's going on in their life? I just think that's really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, and what, like, how long have you been doing this for, bro? You Since you, like, you were a kid? Like, When did you get started into the UFC?
1: Oh, when did I get started into the UFC? Yeah. Um, so it was, I believe it was 2017. Uh I was at my friend's house watching a replay of Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm. Ooh,
0: Ooh, that was nasty, bro.
1: (laughs) And what what I like about fighting more than the fight itself is like the buildup, the hype. So Uh it was like Ronda Rousey, this untouched champion, just got knocked out by Holly Holm. That was just so interesting to me because no one thought that would happen.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't think it was going to happen. Then I saw them fight and I saw what happened and I was like, no way this just happened because I mm-hmm. was like one of the first people to take ronda down no i like to defeat ronda so. yeah because everybody else time. got
1: starched in like 20 seconds
0: exactly yeah ronda was taking over the entire women's division mm-hmm. but y- you said you started how long ago was that
1: uh when i watched the ronda rousey fight
0: yeah how old were you
1: um it was 2017
0: so i was like five so i was 11 Dang. or like no i was like
1: 12 13 on I mean.
0: Well, so, if how old are you right now? Like, 15? I'm 17. Oh, shit. So, you're, like, what? Like, a senior high school? High, high school? Yeah. How's high school? It's Good. It's good? Fun. Do you, what, what do your friends say about you being all into UFC and stuff? No, it, it's funny. you are know, MMA kid, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny. But, like, are they into UFC and, like, MMA stuff, too? Like, your friends? Yeah, I have a couple friends who are into UFC as well. That's good. No, I have some friends that are, like, into it, I guess you could say. And they, like they watch it, like, here and then, and they're, like, interested in the sport, but they're not, like, super into it. So, it's very yeah, hard. It's, it's like the same thing. It's, like, a very popular sport, I would say. Like, UFC, like, very broadly known for sure. But, like, if you go and ask somebody, that's, like, a slight chance that they'll say, like, yeah, I've been keeping up with UFC. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's a very slight chance, but it, it's been growing for sure. Because oh, I remember yeah. when I was first into it, no one really knew what it was. It's a small niche.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and, like, if you, like, yeah, the UFC, I said the UFC has been growing for, like, what like 20 years now you see look at the UFC of how it started you would never believe that it's the same thing now yeah back then it was just like two guys just fighting each other randomly
1: now the matchmaking is way better especially in the lightweight division that's my favorite division the matchmaking is insane
0: yeah no the matchmaking they've been doing really good with these matchmakings bro the next card what is that oh yeah what is that bro it's overly stacked what i like is when the prelims look like the main card honestly Honestly, these prelims are looking good. Mm-hmm. But the last time I saw that
1: was when uh, Tony fought Geishi. when they when they first oh, came back. And the bro. prelims were
0: really good as well. Poor Tony, he got messed up that fight.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge Tony fan.
0: Yeah, Tony's really cool. I've made him. I made a thumbnail with that same picture. <laughs> my favorite picture of all time,
1: probably one of my, I would say my favorite fight of all time, Anthony Pettis versus Tony Ferguson.
0: Ooh, that was a good one. He did really good against Anthony.
1: But I want to know your opinion, where do you think Tony lost his uh lost his track?
0: Because some people think it was a little bit before the Gagey fight. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I, I think the Gagey fight was the one that just sealed the deal, to be honest with you. Um, like he had been he had lost before, but not like that. Like he got yeah. he got a beating in that fight against Gagey. Yeah. And he was looking good against Chandler. Like he was doing really, really good that first round. It's just that second round, he got got with that kick, you know. Yeah. But he was looking decently good, you know.
1: Yeah, I think he was looking really good. He looked like Prime Tony. And yeah, I, he was I, I, looking you, great. You can tell because he he throws combinations and then he like falls up with a with a head kick out of nowhere. That that looked like Prime Tony.
0: Yeah, Prime Tony was insane. Mm-hmm. Tough Tony. But, huh? <laughs> Tough Tony, like right after.
1: Yeah. But I think, so Tony lost against Gaichi. I mm-hmm. kind of brushed it off. I was like, okay, fine. You know, new generation came up. Yeah. Tony, Tony was preparing for Habib, I guess, whatever. But yeah, I think yeah. what really sealed the deal is when he went against Charles Oliveira and he just kept getting taken down. Like, Prime Tony would never get taken down. He would just do a flip out or just choke you out.
0: Dude, Tony, I don't know how he didn't tap with that arm bar, bro. <laughs> yeah. His arm was almost gone. Like, that was high up on the elbow. Mm-hmm. And like, in Charles' win streak, every single opponent he's finished except
1: for Tony. So that's something yeah. I also consider
0: That's I guess that's good on his reputation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because Charles du Bronx, bro, that guy is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how you said before, like going back to it, like UFC is different. Even the fighting in in itself, like it's way different than what it was before.
1: Yeah, it's always going to be evolving to the highest level.
0: I don't know. Then maybe this is like a really hard statement, like a like a hot pit, hot take, but like that's why I say like when people talk about Conor McGregor and him coming back into the UFC, like against these new lightweights, bro. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> For me, I don't
1: know. I I feel like it's it's a challenge, but I feel like Conor can get he could get it done. Except against everybody, I think um, obviously Gamrod.
0: Um Islam. Islam. Him just taking him down. Islam. Oh, but hey, but he's been working on his wrestling a lot, bro.
1: Yeah. He's been, I'm not yeah. doubting that either, but but I, I still do feel like Connor's an elite level fighter. I think he was winning both Dustin fights before it didn't. Before he didn't. He was doing really really good yeah. work on the ground in the second yeah. one as well. I think he was doing more damage than Dustin was doing on the ground.
0: And then the third one he just stepped back wrong, you know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, sorry. I meant the I meant the third one. He was doing more damage on the ground than Dustin was doing, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I was I was I wonder you said that because I was I agree with you on that statement for sure. He was doing really good. Like you can't just brush that off either. Both. Yeah, and, and he had that guillotine, mm-hmm. which
1: uh, Dustin put his um, clothes on the cage, left him up out of the guillotine. So who knows what would have happened there?
0: Yeah. No. Th- the first fight he beat Dustin like big time. It was mm-hmm. you saw <laughs> you saw what happened. But yeah, he, he just kept surprising us. That I never expected Connor to break his leg like that. It looked floppy, bro.
1: Yeah. I was I was watching that in the movie theater in AMC. Uh-huh. I was screaming. I was I was I was so shocked.
0: Um I how, where was I? I think I was at my friend Ryan's house, to be honest with you. And I saw it on Twitter actually, because I wasn't like too up to date with USC back then. Mm-hmm. So I saw it on Twitter. I was like, no way he just broke his leg. And I saw yeah. like an instant replay of how he broke it and the way it just snaps right in the middle. It's just like a mm. like celery just mm. snapping like nothing. Dana White had a heart attack.
1: Like, man, it's just so, so shocking. Like your biggest star had his, the worst thing that can
0: possibly happen. Your million happen. dollar baby just right. hurt himself. What would you think of uh, Kevin Holland, man? He just he, he said that he was going to retire and then all of a sudden he's not. When, when that news first came out,
1: I was confused because I was I was going to say, like, that's wasted potential. Because uh-huh. I think Kevin Holland's really, really talented. He needs to work on that wrestling, but though. It, it, just, it just
0: was so fishy. Like, how does that make It was suspicious, sense? huh? Yeah. Yeah, I read how it, it and know? I was like, this, nah. Something's up. This is, he's mm-hmm. not. There's no way. And then we got that really good fight. That's a good matchmaking right there. Wonderboy versus Wonder Wonderboy. Hulk. I was going to say, there's no way I just forgot that fight. And then Glover Teixeira just got announced, too. Mm-hmm. Versus jury Oh no, two.
1: I mean. Two,
0: yeah. But yeah, that's going to be a good... Oh, I think that card actually has... John Jones
1: versus Stipe. Rumored.
0: Yeah, it might... It hasn't been like publicly like officialized, mm-hmm. but it could be. And that's yeah. going to make this card even more stacked.
1: Because there's yeah.
0: already a lot of good fights in that card.
1: I think the UFC is is just taking John Jones because Errol Hawani said that after John Jones uh, wins, they'll book... I think it was March Francis
0: versus John Jones mm, that's gonna be a good one John Jones at heavyweight that's gonna be crazy. what do you think what do you think him happens him versus Francis and uh huh I wants to go with John Jones bro I think so. What do you think of the whole like uh John Jones and the goat situation like what do you, what do you think <sighs> okay uh,
1: um Honestly, it's, I don't it's think something that guy.
0: everyone fights about, bro, and
1: no, I nobody think knows that what jo- to say. If John Jones did it clean, he would be the GOAT. Exactly. It's, it's kind of undeniable because of what of what he's done. How can you be champ for that long and defend that long, but I think he was juicing his entire career.
0: Mhm. So I one thing that I said was like yeah, I put it on a TikTok on my MMA account and it was like I think I said that it doesn't make sense for him to be known as the goat because at the same time it's like the fact that we're even questioning oh is he the goat is he because of the Mm -hmm. things that he's done in the past like what he did in the past and like all the like negative side of his career right Mm -hmm. it it does take a huge play into the whole aspect of goat status you know what i mean yeah but he would like is he the best martial artist that we've seen in the octagon yeah i would say this guy is insane
1: mixes up very high level iq distance management elbows
0: oh yeah bro and the way he adapts in his fights he just boom 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 against dc that kick
1: yes plan oh, that, really that was perfectly placed and he called it before the fight i'm gonna catch you with that left kick i'm gonna catch you with that left kick but yeah i, I was reading this not reading i was watching this video and they were talking about how back then like it, the steroid restrictions were not as strict as now and he, even with I think when they were saying when Usada first came out or something like that, I don't know if it was Usada, but they were doing some sort of test. Maybe before Usada, um, you were allowed to use steroids as long as it was under a certain amount.
0: And mm-hmm. you already know, like John Jones and a lot
1: of those other people were doing that.
0: A so lot of fighters in the UFC back then were doing steroids. A lot yeah. of them, vast majority of them.
1: But I think that there's a difference between the best fighter of all time and the greatest fighter of all time. I honestly think that the best fighter of all time is Habib. I don't see anybody beating him. I don't see, I don't see any anybody type beating, of style him. beating him.
0: It's, he's just so dominant, man. Like, the his wrestling IQ, the way he just immobilizes you, is something that not a lot of fighters do. You know, a lot of fighters like to stand and bang, you know? And it's very entertaining for us. But, like, Khabib holds you down. He doesn't let you move.
1: Yeah. Back to what I was saying before as well, is like, what I like in a fight uh-huh. is the build-up and the hype. Like, like, what are you thinking? So this is why Habib is my favorite fighter of all time is because every time you give him a new challenge and you're thinking, like, everybody knows what this guy's going to do. It's so obvious. You know, when you're fighting another guy, their game plan might be different, their stance might be different. You know what Habib's going to do.
0: Yeah, nobody doubts Habib. He's
1: going to shoot on him. Sorry, so everybody you, you
0: lagged a little bit. Do, can you say that again? No one... Yeah, so
1: everybody knows what Habib's going to do, but no one can stop him.
0: Yeah, no one can stop <laughs> him. And no one yeah. wants to stop him. Like, a lot of people are scared of Habib yeah I it's, mean what it's he did funny to... that people say like uh, like people still doubt Habib on some things like oh no I'll take Habib I'll take on Habib Habib needs to come back here but like the people who have fought, who have fought Habib in the past afterwards are like no, Habib was something else he was, he yeah. was my toughest fight he's a scary guy yeah like, it's like what
1: he did to uh-huh. all those people was so impressive and people don't give him enough credit people don't... are like oh his resume is trash yeah. He was number one. He was ranked number one lightweight, I think, in like 2012. Like, he could have been champ a way long time ago and had way more title defenses. He was signed to find Eddie Alvarez, and then they took that fight out and replaced him with Connor. He could have been champ uh, way before, but yeah. his wins against Michael Johnson, Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza just came off a knockout against Vanilla there. He was shooting in for a takedown. That he had knee, a good huh? chance of beating Habib. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I just saw that. No, um, Michael Johnson. That's the guy that I was talking about afterwards. He was just like, nah, Habib messed me up. <laughs> like, you do not want to fight Habib. And you saw exactly what Habib did. Just grabbing that that arm, tucking it in. What does he call it? The Dagestani handcuff? The handcuff, yes. Yeah, just over and over and over again. And you just mm-hmm. see him just demolishing him the entire time.
1: Yeah. And then I like when he was like, "You, you must quit. You know I deserve this title shot.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like, just quit already, man. You mm-hmm. know, I, you know it's me. I'm him. I'm him. <laughs> uh-huh. So, bro, you you're interviewing a lot of fighters. How many fighters have you interviewed so far?
1: Uh, I'm gonna just guess around like, maybe fourteen.
0: Fourteen? Who who Something are you looking forward to? Like, one fighter. Yeah. It, let's just let's make this a fun question, alright? Let's make this a fun question. If you were to fight or not fight somebody, interview somebody, a fighter, right? dead or alive not just doesn't just have to be ufc can be any other organization anybody that you like even in boxing like the dream what? yeah dream fighter habib. anybody habib
1: yeah you want to interview I mean, habib? those top guys habib charles justin dustin lightweight my favorite division <laughs> so any
0: of those top guys justin dustin <laughs> what would be the first question you ask habib how are you um... <laughs>
1: I, would, I I mean, I guess I would just ask him to expand more about his dream with his father and, like, what, what legacy truly meant to him.
0: Yeah, no, I wish Habib would get back in the ring. He has no need to, and I respect the fact that he retired, but it would be really, really nice to see him fight again, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of want this scenario to happen where Charles beats Islam
0: and then Habib comes back. You know, I know it's not guaranteed, but I don't think I it's going to see- happen. He, Habib I, himself keeps saying like Nah, Nah, that's not gonna happen. If he loses, he loses, but it's not gonna happen either. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, that would be such a cool scenario. I, I want to see Habib come back. I think Habib, grand and pound TKOs Charles. Grand and pound and TKOs I, Charles. I, that's what I think. I want to see him tell the haters to shut up because everybody, everybody thinks Charles is the
0: new lightweight goat. I, I still think Habib is just levels above him. Charles, he's just sneaky, man. He gets you randomly. Like you, you think you're in a winning position, and all of a sudden, you're not very sneaky with his submissions oh yeah i know right like it's a justin Gaethje fight yeah so like, he was just, just pulling stuff out oh my i was up to date with that uh fight coming up like everything that was happening i was the vlogs that justin Gaethje was making the all the news outlets tail sun and talking to my ears every single day you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. and yeah. like you saw exactly what justin Gaethje was training for he's like he knows exactly that Charles is dangerous. Like, he's going to get me. So I need to stay away from him. I need to not get on the floor. He was doing a lot of wrestling training. He was like, I'm not going to go to the floor. I'm going to try to keep up. And you saw, he got to the floor at one point and got back up. Mm -hmm. But he got knocked down. That's why he went to the floor. And Charles was like, "Uh uh-oh. He's down. I got to finish. (laughs) Yeah, Charles is,
1: like, so slick. It's impressive. Like, he can turn the fight around in one second. Uh I was watching... Uh, UFC, it was two uh, two sixty nine. I was watching UFC two sixty nine in person. That was the first Did You just look
0: person. at a picture on your wall to see which UFC it was. Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I
1: I have the poster. I I was like, I think it's UFC two sixty nine, but I had to double check. I have the poster because I was in Vegas and all the sports bars they have the UFC posters. Uh-huh. I just like took one off the wall and put it on my wall.
0: Nice. No, I want to have some uh some memorabilia in here too. This this is a big ass room, so I can like. Pictures and I'm a photographer too. So if I go to these events and I take like a cool picture, I'm not gonna put yeah. it up. You get
1: some really nice like squares. Yeah, you know? like
0: this was my original studio. I just covered this on my last podcast, but yeah, this is my kickback studio. And when I have a laptop, my laptop is completely fried and dead. Like my sister spilled milk all over it and it just does not work anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that usually goes right there in the middle. And I talk with my friends right here. Mm-hmm but it's right now it's on virtual back to quarantine status. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember that the quarantine was crazy. What did you do during quarantine? How did you spend that? I just focus on stocks on stocks. Did you get good at it?
1: Yeah, I, I've been trading. I bought my first stock in seventh grade Ah. and then I started taking it seriously when COVID happened. So I have a stock up on my school, YouTube channel, Discord server. I had like the whole whole thing.
0: Speaking of YouTube, are you gonna are you gonna like I saw that you have a YouTube channel for your MMA network. What are you gonna punch with that? What are you gonna do with it?
1: I mean, the heart of the operation is Instagram. This is uh-huh. where I'm really like putting all my content on editing it, really trying to grow it. My I, I want my YouTube to be bigger, but it's just such a I think it's a harder platform to grow on. But what I do there is I just upload the whole raw um, interview unedited. Uh-huh. And on Instagram I, I post the short clips
0: the uh... question and answer okay 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 i guess you you should start posting more on youtube for sure yeah. like honestly like there's an audience for this for sure you saw how many crazy UFC fans and like me i youtube you said it, it's hard to grow on like really hard to grow on that but the key to it is just being consistent and like keep doing it that's the hardest part to be honest with you just keep it consistent but like TikTok, for example like all i do is post like if there's a sound and i can relate it to UFC. Then mm-hmm. I do like a little video on that or if I have a thought I'll like UFC 280, for example, then I share my thoughts and people yeah. are like, dude, there's so many people commenting and it's cool listening to what they have to say. Yeah. So like, yeah, you should uh, expand it to, into YouTube and TikTok for sure. Yeah, definitely TikTok. Yeah, no, and TikTok's and TikTok's really fun to do because it's it's really no pressure. You don't have to make like the best quality video or something. You just talk in front of the camera, share what you have to say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know yeah but yeah youtube is definitely a cool thing what's it called uh how, how long have you been working on your instagram for like the whole mma network instagram let
1: me, let me and why kid, right why kid mma okay a kid. so i i like the niche that i take because there's not a lot of there's a lot of maybe i wouldn't say there's a lot of people doing what i'm doing but this is what makes me stand out that i'm a kid you know
0: uh-huh no i was gonna say i have it written down on one of my questions It's that you're doing something that not a lot of kids are, or even people my age, grownups, you know, like 30-year-olds are not doing, interviewing fighters. Like, you as a kid, you have a lot of time for sure. You know, you're 17. You definitely have a long way to go with this interviewing stuff with all these UFC fighters. And I can definitely see you in the future interviewing, like, some bigger people.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to start young. I just checked. It looks like I started started around March Uh, of this year. March. Of this year? Hold well, on, let me check. It uh, doesn't... March... No, nah, you know, not... I don't think... No, yeah, it should be this year. It should be this year. Oh, so it's been like what? This.
0: Like seven months? Yeah. That's crazy. And you're yeah. like, oh, what, 2,000 followers, no? Yeah, I have almost 2.5. Nice, bro. Congratulations. You've been doing good. Thank you. Yeah. And do you, like, post daily on there? Like, what, what does your, your posting schedule look like? so
1: stories i post a lot every day just yeah i see that mma memes videos i like you know funny stuff whatever Uh it is and then posts um if i see an amazing edit i'll post it Uh and then the interviews i just um you know post when i do it right now i'm trying to do at least one or two interviews every week Uh of the epic fighters it's like a local organization that we have here in san diego so Uh before i go to the event in less than a month i'm trying to get lots of much people on the card as i can interview
0: nice what do you wait would you ever start a podcast and interview fighters there like a long form talk show podcast with a fighter like yeah just, I, I could just say you build see. your audience a lot more and you start getting to those like higher level fighters and you can like actually have them come in
1: oh yeah like in person yeah oh, IRL. Yeah.
0: yeah that'd be for sure that'd be cool you i think you said i think i saw a picture and you met kobe Covington, no? Mm. No I wish No I Kobe. swear I thought I saw a picture of you with Kobe Covington Wasn't that that football game like that viral video Viral video I don't know Oh. Uh, I think you no, know it was like It was like at a, an event or something I think I don't know I swear I thought I saw you with Kobe Covington You're like did Maybe I mean Maybe Dan him? Hooker I don't know that's like the closest person I could think of No I saw oh, that wait. picture with you Dan Hooker Maybe it was somebody else that I saw with Kobe Covington
1: uh-huh.
0: I don't know I swear I thought I saw you no, that'd um, be so
1: cool. Than like
0: Kobe. Do you train it? Do you train in MMA? UFC?
1: Yeah, I do Muay Thai UFC. and Jiu-Jitsu.
0: Do you train UFC, bro? <laughs>
1: yeah, I've been asked that a lot. Like, do you train in UFC? Everybody
0: says that. Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, you said. Mm-hmm. How's that? You like it? Yeah, it's really fun. What do you it. like more, Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu? I
1: like Muay Thai. You know, Muay Thai and boxing sparring is is really really fun.
0: I've never done boxing or like any striking classes at all. I've only done wrestling and jujitsu. That's all I know. But I, when it comes to striking, it's all just here at home practicing shadow boxing, stuff like that. But I've never taken a class. So, like, if I were to get in a sparring match with somebody in boxing, probably won't go my way. <laughs> it probably won't uh, go my boxing way. Boxing
1: is actually, I don't know, for me, I think it's harder than Muay Thai. Like, if you. Because Muay Thai, you can create distance and you can move better. But when you have a good boxer in front of you that knows what he's doing, you're just getting punched in the face.
0: It's yeah, hard. he's just dodging and weaving and hitting back, huh? Like, for
1: example, um, I was once sparring, you know, those lengthy dudes in Muay Thai, and I couldn't close the distance. It was so hard. The dude kept kicking me in the leg, kept kicking me in the head, the body kicks. Like, but when you're boxing them, I did, I did that Michael Chandler thing where, like, you go really low and you go to the body and you go up <laughs> yeah. top. He just digs that, into
0: uh-huh. No, what's it called? Um that's the thing with the lengthy fighters, bro. Lengthy fighters and Muay Thai or cake boxing, they are scary. Uh-huh. Adesanya, freaking Anderson Silva was a lengthy fighter. John Jones was a lengthy fighter. Oh, yeah. He had like uh, what eighty nine wingspan? What is that? And his and then- legs were huge, they were long. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them scary. You can't you can't get into them, they just know how to create distance exactly. And put you exactly where they want you, you know.
1: Yeah, but in boxing, it, it, I feel like it's different. I, I don't think that tall fighters have that much as an advantage because you can like look what Tank did to uh, what's his name? I, don't know, I forgot what his name is, but he's a very he's a very lengthy guy. He mm-hmm. had the WBC belt. It was like I don't know. It was a pretty big fight. It was Mario Barrio. That's what that's what his name is. He's a lengthy know. fighter, and Tank did the same thing. He went to the body, went up top doing the same thing. I feel like you can you could do that against these tall fighters in, in boxing.
0: Oh no for sure. Yeah, the taller fighters, they say actually that it's um easier who was it? It was a short it was a short boxer. But he w- he said the same thing, that he wasn't afraid of these that he actually likes fighting these taller guys because you know mm-hmm. I can just go in and dig on them or I can go up and dig on them and they just will never see it. Because while yeah. I, I'm like cutting their distance, they're trying to create distance.
1: Yeah. Same thing, I know I already said this, but what Michael Chandler did to Dan Hooker, it was really, really impressive.
0: I gotta rewatch that fight. I don't think I've mm-hmm. seen it actually.
1: It's, it's a really good fight. It was it was fast. It was super fast. It was the undercard of Connor versus Dustin, right? Connor versus Dustin? Three? Two.
0: Two?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it was the undercard.
0: Yeah, no, I gotta rewatch it. I don't think I, I don't I don't think I've seen it to be honest with you. I don't think yeah, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. I don't think I've seen it, but I will definitely watch it after this podcast we're taking a break from the podcast to remind you guys to cop your kickback podcast merch we currently do not have a laptop meaning we cannot record the studio and once i get that laptop back i will be able to continue to record in this studio with all my friends in real life with cameras and everything make it so much better the way i would actually want it to so there's a link in the description below to the shop to buy your kickback podcast merch merch down below now let's get back into the podcast here's something that i say a lot do you think that training helps like, people look at UFC or like, you know, all these fighters and they're just like, why are you watching that? You know, so violent. Why are they fighting? Why do you just enjoy people hitting each other? But it's like, as you, as a UFC fan, like, you should know that it's like, it's not just about them hitting each other. It's about mm-hmm. how they hate each other. <laughs> yeah. I get asked that question a lot. Like, I don't like
1: violence. That's not, I'm obviously, you know, when you're watching a Justin Gaethje fight, obviously, I like that type of violence, but it's not like, oh, I love violence. That's not what it's about. Number one it's about the storyline. It's yeah. You, I'm not just gonna watch the fight just to watch two people fighting. Like I want to know what camps they come from, what's the story, what kind of styles they use, who they lost to, who they beat,
0: where the they came champ, from. Like,
1: yeah, it's like the story is so interesting to me. Yeah, and then it's it's a, it's the most technical chess match in the world. You cannot get any higher than than fighting somebody that technical.
0: There is yeah. no other sport that does it the same as MMA, bro. MMA is just a different category. You yeah, know. It's it, you have to, like, be able to really read your opponent. Like, imagine, you have to wake up at 5 a.m., go out for, like, what, a huge, long run, mm-hmm. and then right after that run, you have to go and fight somebody.
1: Yeah. Who else and is are your, doing in your family, fight? and you're on a diet that you don't really like.
0: Yeah, and you're on a diet, and if you have to do it super, super hard, weight cuts mm-hmm. off for 25 minutes or 15 minutes in an octagon.
1: Yeah, how do you feel about the, the weight cuts? I don't know. I don't think fighters should be cutting this much weight, to be honest. I think that they should put some sort of limit. They should upgrade the classes. They should be all fighters. They shouldn't have this, like, advantage of, of trying to cut weight and be the bigger guy. I think that they should put some sort of limit. People should start fighting closer, not at their, but closer to their natural
0: weight. Yeah, no, um, because you'd be seeing, like, 155ers come back in the next day to the octagon at 180, 175. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy crap! You really cut down that much weight. First of all, I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> Terrible. Cut, cutting that much weight in the span of a week or two, that's just it's not. And they are enforcing a lot more often. If you're not a certain weight limit, like within those two weeks, they don't even let you uh cut weight anymore. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not gonna make it. It's going to be a very dangerous weight cut. Something that we don't want you to do. So you're not gonna do it. You, you can't do it. Um, Jake Paul actually his was it jake paul oh yeah it was jake paul one of his fights for october 29th where he's fighting anderson silva yeah now now he is but before that he was gonna fight some guy named hasim or something like that yeah and like two weeks before the fight he was like at 216 which is yeah, like he couldn't make the weight he couldn't make the weight so they just they just told him nah you can't make the weight so the fight's canceled
1: yeah
0: you know they, they couldn't compromise in time it was going to be an unhealthy weight cut yeah but yeah, no weight cuts. I think, like Demetrius Johnson, that guy, he stays at one thirty five the entire time. He's always at one thirty five. One mm-hmm. thirty five. Is it one thirty five? Yeah, right. If he fights that? Yeah. Does he fight flyweight or fe- or bantamweight? I it's,
1: I think it's one one. Uh, I think
0: it's actually one twenty five. One twenty five,
1: right? He fights out right now, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I don't I know. In the UFC, he I may think end. No, he just won the the flyweight championship at one. Okay. I think so. I think he's at he's at flyweight. But yeah, he said himself. He's like, yeah, I don't cut weight. I'm just always at one thirty five. So like, it's like as these guys are not like adjusting to their body, like being able to maintain this form and like being able to use it at this form at all times. It's like, dude, you guys are changing off and on, off and on, off and on, and I'm just here the entire time, you know, stabilized. And I know mm-hmm. exactly what my body is doing.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's reading your body is very important because I was talking to some some fighters and they were saying how like, they have coaches who know their body better than them. Yeah. And that's the most important thing for
0: a weight cut. Like the dietitian, mm-hmm. having a dietitian as a as a combat athlete or any athlete in general, having a dietitian is so nice because they know exactly what your body needs, what your body wants, what your body can take. But it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sucks like, oh, you can't drink milk. You're like, oh, crap. And I can't drink milk because my body says no. But I mean, afterwards, they said you feel so much better.
1: Yeah. That they
0: do. Milk was just an analogy. Like it, I just oh, brought yeah, it up yeah. as an example. <laughs> but like uh, Justin Gaethje, he said he had like a huge dietitian for the Charles Oliveira fight. Would you have a dietitian later on? I would. If I could afford a dietitian, I would definitely have one. Or like a personal cook? Heck yeah!
1: Yeah, I don't know. if I don't know. I, I'm actually pretty into health as well, so uh-huh. I don't know if I would want a dietitian, to be honest. But I would like learn it a yourself.
0: Chef. Wouldn't that be cool? Would you do, like do your dietitian stuff yourself?
1: Yeah, I feel like I just do it myself. But I mean, a personal uh-huh. chef that'd be awesome.
0: Personal chef. Do you like to cook? Yeah, I like to cook. I like to cook too. I, it's really fun when there's like nobody else home and I'm like hungry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just gonna like pop off in the kitchen real quick. But a personal chef that just like surprises you with meals every single day, could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. You come yeah, home. Yeah, no, I was
1: just watching a TikTok the other day. I was like, dang, that, that would be the dream.
0: Yeah, you come home from like a long day and then it's just like a big meal right there, mm-hmm. gourmet food dish, like, healthy, clean, too. healthy too. And it's gonna make you feel so much better afterwards. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. Who, but who do you think is the goat of MMA? The goat of MMA? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think I might have to go with one of these lighter fighters. I think it might be Demetrius Johnson is definitely one of them. Is he they... number one though? Mm, I don't know. It's because the once you go to like these bigger guys, it's like of course they could beat Demetrius Johnson because he's just you know tiny. He's Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna put a heavyweight against the yeah.
1: But like weight. just skill.
0: Skill wise, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Demetrius Johnson, man. DJ. Yeah, there's just things that he's been doing in this organization in both organizations for a very long time. Just consistent. Oh, yeah. Never fails to uh, I haven't seen one boring DJ fight mm-hmm. to be honest with you.
1: And he's consistent with the old generation and the new
0: generation which not all fighters are. He adapts very fast. Like he can he can hang with an old like the old school guy or a new buck, you know? Mhm. You uh what's it called speaking of new bucks, the 17-year-old um Ro- oh, yeah. Rosas bro Raul Rosas Jr what do you think uh, about that
1: I was watching that that fight live um I don't watch Dana Weiss container series that often but I had to tune in for that whole yes, of so, so he's a big draw already but I mean yeah for 17 the wrestling and and BJJ that he that he um sh- showed and, and displayed against a guy who was like on a 24 it was uh-huh. amazing I really like when he faked the flying knee and then he went for the takedown yeah, was really that was cool perfect.
0: One. I saw that too. The fight beforehand, not the, not the the, fight beforehand, the Dana White contender series beforehand, Um, there was this brothers, they called themselves the Bash Brothers. Bash Bros. Bash? I think they're called the Bash Bros. But um, they're both featherweights. No, flyweights. I want to say flyweights. They're both flyweights. His brothers are in the UFC and he just got into the UFC too. And the fight that he had in Dana White's contender series was great. So just imagine like his brother gets to the like the championship and then him, he gets like the number one spot. You oh. want my brother? You got to get through me first. Like type oh. of energy. That would be crazy. Is he a striker or a grappler? I saw a mixture of both, bro. He well, mixed it up? Yeah. He was dominating, striking like he was outboxing the crap out of the guy. And when mm-hmm. it came to the floor, he knew exactly what he was doing in the floor. He was he was well-rounded. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really so he- tell to be honest with you. He, he adapted very well that entire fight what do you think about bo nickel oh nickel bro oh my god this guy's insane
1: uh-huh. i
0: can't wait to see more of him yeah me too
1: that, that was such a funny clip though uh did you see that clip with luke Rockhold where he was like he's a credible character but we'll see what happens when he runs into the likes of me did you see that clip?
0: Luke Rockhold said that? Yeah, Luke, Luke Rockhold. Was <laughs> <saying that. laughs> no, Luke Rockhold is hilarious, bro. His last fight against Paulo Acosta, the entire lead up, like if you kept up with everything that was happening in the behind the scenes. I did, yeah. Yeah, it was, he's just so funny, bro. But,
1: yeah. I, I don't know what happened in that fight, though. Because for all that shit talk, I don't know why he got gassed so early. Like there was a serious issue. There had to be some sort of issue, like with the camps. You, you cannot talk that much shit. And train that hard to get gas in the first round like that, you know?
0: People were saying it's the elevation.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, because it, it was like in Salt Lake City, Utah. And they were like, might have been the elevation. He's older. You know, he's going to get a little Very, better. very
1: low body fat as well.
0: Yeah, he was very low body fat, bro. At his age? Like, mm-hmm. it's very hard to maintain that. And then again, he hasn't fought in the longest of time before that fight. It was his first yeah. fight back. And after like a su- huge, serious depression... You know, like what was going on in his life at that time when he was on that break was terrible. I cannot not imagine. Mm-hmm. But like he came back and he did what he did. You know, he like, even though he did a win the fight, he gave mm-hmm. us all a good show. And we saw like the exact type of fight that Luke Brockhold is. This guy does not give up mm-hmm. to the very end. Freaking putting his blood all over oh, yeah. his face, bro. I was watching him like, oh my God, that would
1: make me so
0: angry or something, Bro, uh, what's it called? Did you see about uh, Kamaru and Leon getting announced?
1: Three? Oh, yeah, yeah. What
0: do you think about that? Who do you think is going to take that one?
1: I mean, I feel like K- Kamaru, so, like, all these fighters that are undefeated like that, and I know is not undefeated, but he's undefeated in the UFC. Huge, long winning streak. He has a lot on the line. He's about to tie, I think, for, um, what was it, GSP's record? For the, most consecutive yeah. wins. It was Anderson Silva's record. Anderson Silva. So it's like, you're about to. Damn, they just took that
0: away from him, huh?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on you. And after he got knocked out, he was saying how he felt relieved. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that may be beneficial. Do you see Um, the Joe Rogan
0: podcast with him?
1: I saw clips. I didn't see them.
0: I've been watching it. Like, every time I go driving, I have it playing. And yeah, Mm -hmm. he said, he's like, like, I got knocked out. And it's crazy because this never happened to me. I've been put in a position where I literally don't know what to do. He's like. Um, it's never happened before this is all brand new to me, so now that it's happening, I'm kind of excited to see what happens afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. am I gonna fight him again? am I gonna do this? am I gonna do that? He's like, so mm-hmm. I'm just excited for what happens next, and I guess number three is gonna happen, and I think it mm-hmm. should have happened,
1: oh yeah, um, but I just i just, I see Camaro taking that, but Leon is crazy for that. I was, I was shocked when that happened, like, out of my mind. Because usually when, you know, when knockouts happen, I start yelling at the TV, I start going crazy. I think this was the first time that I can even remember that I was just, like, staring at the TV, mouth open, eyes open. And no, I wasn't even making any noise. I was, like,
0: I, I was watching it with my dad, and I saw Kamaru just winning, you know, off like, throughout the entire fight, except for that first round. The first round, I think he went to Leon. That was crazy. the takedown. That was crazy. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. But after that, Kamaru adapted, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He was just winning. And I'm like, oh, he knows he won. Like, he won. Yeah. And I was like, bareback, I'm going to go get, like, a drink from, like, the Same. fridge or something. And I went downstairs. And as I'm going down the stairs, I hear my dad, oh, Johan, Jawan. He's, like, fucking <laughs> screaming. And I'm like, no way. What happened? And I run up. He got knocked out, And he's, like, flipping out in the room. And I look at the replay. I'm like, ah, start so flipping down, uh-huh. too. I started telling everybody, like, everybody, all my UFC fans, all my UFC um, friends, you know, they're flipping out with me. Yeah. That's so crazy. Such a crazy event.
1: Mm-hmm. But I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, like, surprised, but I think that the UFC, they would to, like, cut Lee, Uh Camaro out and put Conor in there. Conor in there for the To title versus Leon. That's a winnable fight, maybe. And um, Conor's ready to fight soon. I feel i feel like they they would have done that but I'm surprised they just went with i kamaru. think
0: I think they're saving it for kamaru with Connor that would get I I even just, more I just, money I just don't see that
1: much of a high percentage percentage of win for connor could, yeah
0: i don't know connor ha con the con- Connor's in that position where he can do anything that's why you know he's like i want to fight whoever I want to fight mm-hmm. he can't do it if he wants to he'll do it even if it's like um not possible like Hamza versus Nick or not Nick Nate mm-hmm. Hamza versus Nate was freaking crazy we we're like there's no way like a lot of yeah. people were doubting Nate and like there was a there was a chance still that he could win you know like we're not going to mm-hmm. completely disregard Nate but against Hamza like that it's the same thing you know Conor McGregor yeah. versus Con- versus Kamaru that's a scary matchup for Conor
1: yeah I, I, I don't know if I see Connor winning that. I want to see, I want to see Connor with a winnable matchup, something that shows that he's still high level. You know, not. I don't want to see yeah. him fight against a can, but I do want to see him fight against a top level guy, but a guy he can win against.
0: At welterweight, hmm, Leon Edwards would be a good one for sure. And Jorge, and Jorge Masvidal, that'd be a good one. Kobe's a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, I don't see Connor winning that. Me neither.
0: Kobe, I want to see Kobe again. Kobe is scary.
1: Kobe is Kobe's awesome. Kobe's lead up to every lead up to his fight's amazing.
0: Yeah, that's just on Kobe, bro. He sells fights. Yeah. Against Kamaru, both of his fights were amazing. I yeah. I need to watch the third one. I don't I don't care if Kobe lost both of them. I need to watch it again. They did it for Max Holloway. Mm.
1: I want to see. Who, it who Kobe. do you think won that fight against uh Max Holloway versus Volkanovski 2?
0: I'm going to have I saw this highlight recently with my friend like literally 2 days ago and it was that fight and I was like, "Wait, how come they're making it look like Max Holloway was just like completely trashed that fight?" And then I was like, "No, bro, they're making him look bad, but that fight, I think that Max Holloway might have won it, to be honest with you."
1: I think I he won. I yeah. was cuz I had a bet on that fight and I was screaming. I was like, "What is this? He got knocked down two times."
0: Yeah. No. I I think the first one I think Alexander won. Oh, second yeah. one, I think Max Holloway won. The third one, we saw what happened, bro. Alexander was just in a whole different game.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it surprised me leading up to the fight. I really did think Max was gonna win. He got the last one. He and and I don't know if this is true, but he was saying how like he didn't even have any in-person sessions. Like all the adjustments he made for the second fight was on Zoom. So it's like, what can he do now that he has, that he's in the presence of his coaches? And he kept saying, he was like, "I have holes. I, I, we we see things. I I'd be surprised if this goes past the third round." I was like, "Okay,
0: Max Holloway's gonna knock this dude out somehow for sure." Yeah, no. And, and then remember, like beforehand, he was saying like, like you saw him at the press conference for that third fight. He was just like, "I'm ready. No, I forget mm-hmm. everything. Forget it." Like he was being a little bit more rude towards Alexander Volkanovski. Yeah. He, he saw that he was being focused. Fire, had that fire in him didn't i don't know what happened bro he was playing too much apex
1: yes i feel like something happened i just why how how could max holloway just completely run over all these contenders but then lose that bad to wolf i feel like maybe something had to
0: go wrong there. either that or Volk's, max, a different level. Volk's just on a different level bro mm-hmm. and we had there's so much stuff to come in the future for that for him bro it's like Okay, this is what what's going on. We have Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez number of contender spot. They want to have them fight and then they're going to fight Alexander Volkanovsky, right? Mm-hmm. Alexander Volkanovski's like, I'm going to drop my belt off. You guys can keep it for a little bit, keep it warm, keep it tidy. I'll be back. I'm going to go to lightweight. I'm going to beat whoever wins Charles versus Islam. Mm-hmm. He's on backup by the way. You saw yeah. that? That's crazy. And and
1: the Juicy Benil said that he was on backup too.
0: Yeah. Like, who's the who's really the backup, what? <laughs> He's like, I thought I was on backup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I'm going to take that belt and I'm going to come back and I'm going to get this belt too. Mm-hmm. And then he said that he wanted to move even more because he's, remember, he used to be a heavy guy. Mm-hmm. He said he can go all the way, welterweight maybe. Yeah, I didn't even hear that.
1: That was crazy.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's insane. He wants to take on anybody. Mm-hmm. Imagine three-time belt. Yeah. Remember so, Izzy wanted to do that? Izzy wanted to do that. He who would be he went light heavyweight and didn't do well, huh?
1: Yeah, I I expected more from him. He was he was delaying too much. He he was too. I feel like he was a little too scared of that pole, of Polish power. Yeah, and in the fifth round it was tied. I don't know what he was doing. This kind of pissed me off because I'm I'm not trying to be that guy personally. I would have done this. I'm not trying to be that guy, but like uh-huh. he was oh, leading his forward. He wanted. It's like it's almost like he wanted to. Um,
0: him to take him down like yeah he was asking for it mm-hmm. how do you think someone has to beat izzy like how do you beat oh, shit. such a fighter it's like that
1: it's very very hard to beat izzy because if you stay on the outside you get picked apart if you stay on the inside you get knocked out on the way in okay let That's me rephrase what's... that question
0: what do you think is going to happen in november when somebody actually challenges izzy there's history behind this fight
1: the thing is is Alex Pierre is way more impressive than I thought. I did not expect him to knock impressive. out Sean Strickland like that. Sean Strickland's yeah. a dog.
0: He's a great striker. Mm-hmm.
1: But if, if you rewatch the one and two, the first fight, I think he won both. So Alex Pierre won both. But the first fight was like kind of like a robbery. You know, I feel like Izzy won that fight. And then the second fight, Izzy was winning until he got knocked out. Yeah, but Alex Pierre does have knockout power. Uh huh. High knockout power. So it's, it's going to be a very, very intriguing fight. And I think this fight will awaken Izzy because Izzy's been kind of like on the backlog. He hasn't been that entertaining in the recent mm-hmm, fights, So I feel like this is going to make him.
0: People keep hating, hating that I keep saying this, but I was like, no, like, I, I called Izzy at one point a boring fighter, right? Because of his mm-hmm. last fight against Jerry Cantonier. And I was like, I'm not saying that he's like an entirely boring fighter because look at the fights he's had in the past. It's mm-hmm. freaking crazy. Like, mm-hmm. the things that Israel Adesanya has done in this octagon. Are amazing he's a complete anime character honestly let's just say it. let's yeah, just say it and now it's just you're saying all this and that this and that this and that we get to the fight and then coast i get you can coast i get it you, you don't have to like have a super entertaining fight every single fight but like come on don't just tell us and then do something else that's yeah, that's what i'm saying like i feel like yes you do have to be entertaining call ends in 10 minutes upgrade to google workspace if it ends and i'll just call you back then huh
1: yeah yeah yeah. the the thing is is like we can't hate on these fighters because they're all they're doing is just they're you know they're trying to win but at the same time don't be hyping up the sales like you're gonna knock this dude out and then just kind of stay on your back foot throw like three jabs you know
0: yeah it's just like i don't know like even me like when i used to compete in like jujitsu and stuff and i would imagine like now that you're at the highest stages of it is possible in the combat sport? Like UFC is like one of the top organizations, if not the top organization, right? hmm Like mean, you're like doing this at a championship level. Yeah. I don't know. Especially
1: when I feel like Izzy could not out Jared Kennedy.
0: For sure. And Jared Connor wasn't doing anything either. hmm I don't know what he was doing. Didn't he didn't want the belt. Yeah. I also came what up I with thought... this. Okay, go, go for it, go for it. What do you What think? I thought what was gonna
1: happen is because Jared Cannonier goes forward and just throws these huge shots, I thought he was
0: gonna do that a couple times and boom, get caught on the way in. That's what I thought was gonna happen. And then he tries to wrestle like the very last round. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's too late.
1: It's too late for that.
0: But what's uh, one thing that I was thinking? It's like some like huge conspiracy theory. And it's like maybe because uh, at the very end, Israel Asanya tells uh, Jared Kennanier, "Did you get paid? Did you get paid? All right, for sure." So I was like, maybe they paid him. Because remember, Jericho and I needed money.
1: He, yeah, they, don't, yeah.
0: they don't want him to win that that belt. They just want him to get, give us some money. Mm-hmm. We hype up this fight. We have you uh, lose. We pay you some money. We move on to the fight that everyone actually wants to see. Alex mm-hmm. Perea versus uh, yeah, I see what you mean. I Adesanya. Because yeah. it makes sense. There's history mm-hmm. behind it. It's going to be hyped up. Everybody's going to want to watch it. And the way Israel Adesanya hypes up his events, he's gonna do the same thing, and everyone's gonna to want to watch it even more. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's... everyone wanted at the end of the day, except for the audience. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. But speaking of conspiracy theories, uh huh. It's kind of fishy. What happened that that Nate versus Tony uh, turned out so perfectly?
0: Just ever, just perfectly.
1: I don't yeah. know. The press conference was canceled. I mean, like the footage it's came so out, and it was like not even a big deal. Like, remember oh, how yeah. they came Dude. out?
0: <laughs> no, oh, hold
1: yeah. on! Like sixty people, Natty, had a hundred people. They were about to do a huge brawl. Yeah, show no. the videos like four people arguing
0: with security. He's like, I'll smash you, Brent I'll smash you, bro. I'll smash you, brother. No, and they just like walk away. Uh-huh. I was like, "This is what we canceled the whole press conference for? Yeah, for like a little screen fest between two guys. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, guys, it's so bad. Police have arrived. Like, yeah, I why." Uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen fights at school bigger than whatever the heck just happened. Yes. You know? Uh But yeah, that was a huge conspiracy, actually. What do you think of that?
1: I don't know if they're true, but I mean, something, I think something went off. You can't just cancel a press conference with Tony, Nate Diaz, all those people because of, like, a fake, it's not a real That press conference
0: would have been hilarious. Uh Uh-huh. I was looking forward to it. But I could also see, like, they were already having a little altercation in the back. Mm-hmm. They get to the press conference, they're right next to each other, still a little heated. Yeah, no one's gonna stop them. Who's gonna stop them? They know why.
1: We've had people like that before, though. You know, Nate versus Connor, they want to kill each other, mm-hmm. have some security in the back. Yeah, but these guys Connor, these are different I mean, now. <laughs> Kobe and uh, Jorge,
0: security has been failing at some points in the UFC. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. And with Hamza's speed.
1: Oh, he's yeah. so fast, bro. How's <laughs> that is fast. But yeah, one of my dream fights has always been. I mean, obviously, I don't think we got the full thing because it wasn't Prime Tony. Mm-hmm. But one of my dream fights was always Tony versus Nate Diaz. Yeah. When for I was sure. at the event, I actually asked Sean Shelby, I was like, what do you think of the, of the Tony versus Nate fight? He was like, oh, that's never going to happen. So I was like, shoot.
0: But yeah, I'm it so happened. glad, like, all of a sudden it just happened. Yeah. I wish it would have happened sooner, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got that photo over there. It's one of my photos. Two legends bowing to each other.
0: Yeah, bro, great respect. It was legend. It was legendary. It was a legendary mm-hmm. fight. I was telling my dad because he didn't see it, or yeah, he was watching it, but it cut off, and he was like, "It's not working. It's not working. It's not working." Mm-hmm. And I was at a party, so I couldn't help him. So yeah. he- I was watching the fight at the party actually, and mm-hmm. um, I saw him, and I was explaining to him how it was such a legendary fight, you know, like Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz two ultimate fighter champions in the same mm-hmm. division you know now that they're a little older they finally get the chance to share the octagon together it was like it was written perfectly yeah maybe not the build up of the fight though cuz that shit was crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> Nate Diaz was mad
1: yeah i like i like i like how he brought his whole crew though for this yeah. last fight
0: yeah he said like he's like i go in and he's little... i <laughs> I go in and you guys bring in 10 of my fighters. (laughs) I love the way he talks, man. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he got all of his homies in. Heck yeah. (sighs) I had something to say. Oh, what's it called? Mark Zuckerberg.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about, um, yeah, I'm talking about about Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) First, the arena. And then second, the virtual reality LFA.
0: Yeah. Both of those, bro. What? Imagine virtual reality going to events in virtual reality. Yeah. It, you, you just get know. to interview all your favorite fighters right there and then at the UFC. Mm-hmm. You get like I, passes and stuff.
1: I think it's it's very cool mm-hmm. but it's just I don't think it's the same as being there. It's oh, really no, long. no, no. It's never Energy going to be the sick. same.
0: Yeah. Like even like, dude, I can be in a virtual like VR right now having a conversation with you but it wouldn't be the same as like you and me right here, you know, talking in the podcast. You know, It would be yeah. more, you know, like you guys are there together.
1: Yeah, and the energy at these UFC events is—I've only been to two, uh-huh. but it's—it's—it's it's it's usually amazing. The one I went to last time, some guy was like being weird, but the one I went to the first time, it's like you're—you're you're in a room full of people with the same interests, and you guys yeah. are all hyping each other up for this fight. It's like it's a great environment to have.
0: It's exactly where you belong, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been to one. I think it was a Bellator event, actually. And everybody just cheering the entire time. Somebody got knocked out with a crazy knee. I'm mm-hmm. talking like he I think it was a blah moment. See to be honest with you. He shot into it and then boom! Right into the head. Big knee. And he it knocked him out. I was like, Wow, that just happened in front of my mm-hmm. eyes. And then
1: everybody just goes crazy. It's a good
0: feeling. What was the craziest knockout you've seen in, in person? In person? Um it was it was uh... When that you that you you remember seeing it, you were like, "Wow, that's gonna stay with me for the rest of my life."
1: I definitely it, it's Cheeto Vera versus uh, knocking on Dominic Cruz. Oh, because you were! I there, saw. I actually saw ego. him slow motion.
0: You're so right, bro. That was amazing.
1: I saw it in slow motion. I saw him. I saw him fall in slow motion, like sideways.
0: So I, Did he I just that. bounce off the canvas? <laughs> it was sad. I wanted was, Dominic Cruz. To me. Bro, Dominic Cruz is one of my favorite fighters. This movement back then was amazing but Chido oh, yeah. saw the flaw mm-hmm. and once you like saw the breakdown of how he broke it down like what Chido was doing to like position himself yeah
1: very intelligent
0: very intelligent that's some IQ right there for sure I think this meeting is about to end in yeah like in a minute or so I'll probably call you mm-hmm. back I'll send you another link because right, yeah. yeah it's because it's when it's three people it's it's time but when it's oh, two it's people you is- can Yeah, you can just go on for as long as you want. So I'm gonna end it right now, and then I'm gonna call you back.
1: Okay, sounds good. For sure.
0: Okay, so brief intermission. We are switching over to another meeting because when it's Google Meets, unless you're upgraded to like the more premium version, you can only record up to, or not record, but have a meeting with somebody for up to an hour. That's only if it's a one-on-one. Once you add another person like he had, it was uh, three people, right? So it's a timed uh, meeting. So yeah, we're just gonna restart the meeting, no big deal. We're gonna restart it. We're gonna keep going. We've been going for an hour and two minutes. Probably gonna go on for like another like thirty or so twenty minutes just to get some final thoughts. I just didn't want to cut them off like that, just randomly on the end of the uh, meeting, and have that be the podcast. You know, I want to have like an actual exclusive. You know, exit. You know, tell them thank you. The good departure. You know what I mean? I still have some questions that I want to ask them. You know, we were about to talk about the whole metaverse thing, the whole Mark Zuckerberg thing. So. That's going to be very interesting to talk about right now because that's something that's going to affect all of us in the future, not just us who are into the whole virtual reality thing, not just us who are into the whole UFC thing or Facebook or anything of the topic. It's not just limited down to one person. It's a huge, broad spectrum of people that are going to be involved in this organization or in this idea of VR and the metaverse and, you know, living in a virtual reality world. It's going to be affecting everybody. We've seen so many movies. Ready Player 20... Ready... Ready Player 1? Well, was that if I say 21? Might th- Ready Player 1, it's like it's a virtual reality. You know, they put on the thing, They can see everything. Sword are Online. We're about to talk about this even more. I'm just waiting for him to get the emails. And, um, yeah, we should be good. Back to what we were talking about. The Metaverse, man. <laughs> uh-huh. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's... It's really I think it's interesting how the UFC is gonna play it out because originally they said that they were gonna do NFTs. And then if
0: uh-huh.
1: NFT then you can get a ticket to the to the metaverse, like front row seats. But I it's gonna be interesting how they're gonna play that.
0: Yeah, no, and then NFTs are expensive too, so it's gonna yeah. be like rich, rich people in those events, you know, only like reserved for the metaverse. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a huge hierarchy system in the metaverse, I think. Yeah, but it's uh, it's also
1: better because I find like a lot of the front row seats, like the super rich people at those big events, uh-huh. they don't even come until like the main event. So it's like you you just miss out on the whole entire card. Those I feel like that's better for them now because now they don't have to come. They can just pop on their uh, their glasses um, and just chill out. Yeah, their glasses just chill and and see the fight front row. And uh-huh. then those seats can be saved for, like, some real fans who want to save for the whole entire group.
0: Yeah. V- virtual reality and events. Because if you really think about it, it's, like, it's not just UFC events. Like, you can go anywhere with these goggles now because of the virtual reality. You know, you're mm-hmm. telling me I can watch these two guys fight in real life right in front of my eyes by just wearing these goggles? Like, you could really yeah. be anywhere.
1: Yeah, I have the Oculus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a couple generations back, but it's, it's so fun. I have the game Creed. Uh yeah. And it's, like, all the time it. unboxing. It's, yeah. like, unboxing these people. It's it's so cool.
0: I was telling my friend um about an idea. I was, like, bro, what if somebody made a game where it's, like, you can challenge others but box them, like, in VR. Let's mm-hmm. say, like, you can put on, like, the whole, like, vest and stuff so you can feel, like, a little pressure whenever they hit or something. Uh-huh. Like, that would be pretty cool. And you could just challenge and challenge people throughout the entire time. And it's good exercise. Yeah,
1: and I, I want to... They only have the arm sensors, so you hold like two controllers. Oh, full some, body suit. Some, the leg. They should put some leg sensors, so you can throw some leg kicks in an MMA game.
0: Ah, that would be really cool—an MMA game, a video game just based on pure MMA. You go fight people.
1: Yeah, I mean, now that Mark Zuckerberg and Dana White are working together,
0: I really hope they make a UFC game. A really uh, that would good be one, crazy. Dude, what? That would be really crazy. UFC five, virtual reality.
1: And what you can do is you can choose your character. I want to be Justin Gaethje. I want to fight Dustin Poirier. And then you can, like,
0: see you're actually fighting Dustin Poirier has,
1: because that's how Creed is. They could do the same
0: thing in see Has Justin and Dustin fought? Yeah. Yeah, right? It was, it, was, it was back then. Dustin knocked him out. Dustin won. Dustin hits like a brick. Like, mm-hmm. his hands are bricks. You can even hear it sometimes. Like, a like when he hits. You hear, like, a big pop. Mm-hmm. A clip. Yeah. But yeah, no, that would be a What's crazy your fight to watch. My favorite fight of all time. My favorite fight of all time. One fight that I never get tired of. I watch it all the time. Let me see. Let me think on that. One of my favorite fights of all time. Look, one, one, I'll tell you one of my most memorable fights. Because favorite ones, I don't know. Honestly, one of my most memorable ones was McGregor versus Habib. And I just know it may be like pretty basic but I remember I went to the UFC gym because they used to play like the fights (laughs) there you know and I had a pass so I went there and I was just chilling with everybody it didn't even feel like a workout day they were just all hanging out there sitting on like the benches just like that watching it again UFC fighters UFC trained UFC fans just right there gathered up in our own little event and we're all reacting to it and everyone's talking shit you know like oh Conor McGregor sucks this and that Khabib's got Mm -hmm. this what are you talking about bro you know back and forth yeah. back and forth so that energy i remember that energy of just being there and then i remember what happened and then after what happened of what happened you know mm-hmm. going from like just a submission to a win to could be getting angry and then boom i was like wow wow you know it's just one of my most memorable fights honestly i remember that exactly how everything was in that day
1: yeah I, I was like high on life two weeks after that fight I'm yeah
0: Nothing like that had ever happened before,
1: mm-hmm. and I remember I was in seventh grade when that happened. You were in and seventh remember, grade, mm-hmm. and I remember asking the teacher to go to the bathroom, and then like going in the bathroom and sitting there for twenty minutes watching the press conference.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> <And just, laughs> you didn't yeah. come back until like the end of class. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where well, you're like, where did you go? You're like big breaths, you know. You know they always big. ask, and then you gotta make some sort of excuse.
1: So, but I had to. I, I had to see that. I had to see that press conference. I remember doing that too, for, um I think it was, I don't know who it was. I think it was one of the Dustin fights, though. I was also in class on my Chromebook watching the press conference. Those press conferences, you got to tune in no matter where you are. Oh, I th-
0: was it the one where he was wearing that, like, very, very colorful shirt? Where he was crying? No. But, um, actually. Because there was one where he was like, I didn't have what it took to make it happen. And this and that, he started crying. Oh, no. No no, that wasn't the one it, that was sooner. But yeah, that was against Habib, right? Yeah, that was against Habib. Yeah. But hey, listen, it's Habib, bro. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. You should be glad that you that you that you fought against Habib and you almost had him in that yeah. guillotine.
1: Yeah. Dustin did a good job. He did a great job. Not good enough. For not
0: good enough for <laughs> Habib. And then against uh Charles too, he did a good job. He wasn't that was
1: doing so well, but that's what yeah. I was saying, like Charles is so fast. You make one mistake, and he just gets your back. That was a yeah. that was a weird moment. Like people yeah. don't give
0: enough attention to that. Like all of a sudden, how did he just get his back? It's almost like he spawned there. Like... Yeah, he did. He spun around, and then he just hopped on his back, had his hooks mm-hmm. in, and then that's when he got his arm under. I just it's like watched it just the, takes the other Just one mistake. Yeah, one little mistake, and that's a mistake you cannot afford with Charles Oliveira. And everyone has learned that. Freaking Chandler, when he got clipped he started running away like didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah. and he got clipped again besides some of the obvious answers what is something that you look forward to in the future
1: I think that the main in, thing I in look your career, forward to like is
0: interviewing people what, what's something that you like really look forward to
1: uh, yes the main thing I, I look forward to is just going to events and networking with people so like the local organizations it's very fun to go there uh-huh and you're sitting very close to the cage and you're just watching two people brawl you know get knocked out or this and that and then you get to meet them afterwards uh-huh and then do an interview with them it's very cool to network with people
0: would you ever get into the octagon you said you trained would you ever do it 100 percent you would get oh, into I it? want to. yeah well when i'm older that would be so fun oh really like professionally you would want to get into the ufc
1: no i wouldn't want to do it as a career but for fun uh, yes
0: okay 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 yeah that's what i was asking i was like dang this guy's about it <laughs> but still, we were talking about my friend tony cortez he's about oh, to be yeah. fighting in november bro yeah he's really good he's scary
1: yeah i heard about him i think like one or two people have reached out and been like you should interview this guy so oh really once I'm, yeah once i'm done with this epic lineup um i'm gonna interview him for sure
0: yeah for sure and I'll, I'll definitely hit him up too tell him that you'll be waiting for him yeah, yeah he's really cool and the way he talks like about his what he's planning on his future like because he's like I want to be the best fighter who ever walked in Oh yeah I saw, I saw that on your podcast yeah I watched it. yeah he's like I want to be the best fighter who ever fought I want, whoever yeah, I saw. I remember planet. him saying
1: I want to uh, people thousands of years later to remember my name
0: yeah yeah he's like he's like I want to be like a monster grace of Achilles of like huge. I'm like dang dude like I get it but damn <laughs> he really wants to be the best warrior out here bro hmm could you imagine, like, these US I always... It's so cool when I talk about it with my dad. It's like, well, we'll be watching the UFC, and I'll be like, could you imagine these guys in the front lines with a sword and a shield? Mm-hmm. Or a spear? Like, these combat athletes, when they master, like, weaponry? Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> Have you seen Spartans, the movie? 300 no, Spartans? I haven't. You haven't seen 300 Spartans? That's gonna be your homework for tonight. Okay. You gotta watch 300 Spartans with Gerard Butler. Let me write it down yeah <laughs> so good and um it shows the spartans were um just this group of people you know and mm-hmm. all of them all of the guys were trying to be warriors that's what they were a group of warriors the women served for the warriors you know what i mean mm-hmm. they, were, they grew families they grew men for more warriors mm-hmm. and that's all they knew how to do And if you look at the movie, even behind the scenes, they were like, oh, yeah. We would just be acting, and they would yell, cut, and right away, we just start pumping. So we looked at that. And yeah, every single guy in that show, dude, it's like, the definition of a Spartan body, bro. Mm -hmm. And the way they fight in the movie is really cool, too. They're warriors. Like, I'm talking, like, high-skilled Thanos-level fighters.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotta watch that.
0: Really, really good. And it's, like, it's Greek, so... Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You like Greek mythology? Yes. When no, I was younger, yeah, I, I see it. like
1: more into it. When you know, in, in history, I like ancient history as well, like Egyptian history.
0: Yeah. Uh, you're a what a senior now? No, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I took uh world history in tenth grade, AP world history, mm-hmm. and we started like since the first colonization, not colonization, the first. Well, what it called? Well, like the first group of people, basically, I guess. Was it colony? I don't know. If that's the word. I don't the think. The Samaritans. It the Mesopotamia.
1: Oh yeah, Mesopotamia.
0: Yeah, like they were like how they just the first group of people that started like settling. You know. Yeah. So we started there, and we started ending up all the way to like kind of modernish day, mm-hmm. but like yeah, you we went everywhere. We went to Egypt. We went to. All of Europe and explained their history. Africa. It was crazy. You learned a lot in that class. It was it was But a it's, it's
1: a lot of writing, right? It's like an English class.
0: Um, there's a lot of essays. There's a lot of note-taking. There's a lot of tests. There's the AP test is insane. Mm-hmm. You has got to know how to memorize everything. It's a lot of facts, a lot of time yeah. stuff. And again, it's an AP class. So it's like, you know, more advanced. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything's just rush, 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 rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I have took in a couple of AP <laughs> classes, but I, I try to stay away from like I would never take an AP English class. I don't. I'm not. I don't really like typing these huge essays and, and memorizing all these facts. Like I like. I love to learn about history, but I don't want to be you know tested on these specific things.
0: The reason I took AP classes was because no offense to any of you regular education people, you know I took some reg- regular Ed classes, but like I feel like AP classes gave me more of a struggle, you know. And that's oh, kind of yeah. like what I look for. Because like, regular ed classes, I would literally sit there, do my homework, and I would have like 110%. It's the same thing for me. Because, yeah. yeah. Once you take these AP classes, it's like these. You learn to appreciate classes. school, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, you have to, because the way I look at it is, it's like school is kind of your career, I guess. It's like that's, what, that's your main thing in your life. You're spending eight hours a day there. So yeah. you might as well just like actually challenge yourself super, super hard, try to become. I wouldn't say the best but you know
0: up there The best version of you you know like Dude go join a club go do a sport I was in my video production class It was a lot of fun you know I learned how to make Films how to make short films How to make videos for YouTube How to make stuff like this a podcast You know production wise You know and it it teaches you a lot and you can take it into your life Maybe something that you'll really really like Mm -hmm. Do you do any sports in school? In school no No not wrestling? No Why not?
1: A little bit of a like a, a knee issue, so uh, it's it's constantly you're bending down on your knees. Can't yeah, really
0: do it. no, it, I I did wrestling for two days in high school. Mm-hmm. Two two days, on different years. Oh, so like I did two days on my like my sophomore year, and then two days again my junior year, and then I was just like nah. Huh. It's because I was training and it was all going good. The first time, the first time I went, they stole my shoes, bro. Really? Like yeah. the kids? Yes, bro. They were just a bunch of ass- Like, a lot of them were a bunch of assholes. Some of them were really cool, and I knew them outside of wrestling. But, like, the way they... Look, I saw a kid get smacked there, like, right in the face first day for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, boom! Hard ass hell. You heard it from across the gym locker... The, the gym room, the-, the entire mass. You heard it. So many people in here, and you heard that huge smack, and I'm like, oh, crap. I better do myself, because these guys are in here, and they're serious. But, yeah, they stole my shoes, and they hid them somewhere. And I left that day without any shoes, and I was like, "Man, if I come back, they're gonna ask me for my shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where they're at. You know, I'm scared. I just saw a kid get smacked. I don't want to be next." Mm-hmm. And um, I, and I you go, said this is
1: junior year.
0: This is my sophomore year. First oh, time I, oh. I did wrestling in there, and I told my dad, "I was like, bah, they stole my they stole my wrestling shoes. I don't know where they're at." My dad had just bought me those shoes. You know, they were Oasis, and he used to be a wrestler too. He could he wrestled against um. The coach at that time at, at my school, he mm-hmm. had a son. And my dad wrestled against his son. At mm-hmm. uh, like a CIF tournament or something like that. And he beat him. Mm-hmm. And he came with me the next day and we went to go get our, get my shoes back. And I got him. Like they hit him like in the corner or something. And I got my shoes back. And I was like, I'm not coming back, bro. These guys are going to kick my ass for uh-huh. <laughs> coming back here with my dad. Getting my shoes back. So I came back the next year. Right? Mm-hmm. Bro, after the first training, my arms did not work. I was like this because they made me like work out like a lot. And I was curling like heavy that I y- usually never do. Mm-hmm. And all of this right here stuck, like locked into place. So I was just walking around like C3PO everywhere I went. <laughs> Swear, mm-hmm. it was the worst feeling in the world. But you, hey, as long as you do some training on the outside. Yeah. I stopped doing wrestling and I went to go to jiu-jitsu at a gym instead. And I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. I love jiu-jitsu. It's so much fun.
1: How long have you been doing jiu
0: jitsu for? Right now, I'm not doing it. Mm. I I did wrestling as a kid because again, my dad was a wrestler in high school. Oh, and mm. I was telling you, like his that his coach is mm. Joe Herrera, which is Paul Herrera's brother. They used oh, to yeah. be super close. Yeah. So he would always be around them, and at that time, dude, they were they were building like a whole organization for MMA. Like they were in it, dude. They had their gym. They were um, go- doing their own events. They had their own merchandise. They worked with Tap Out. You remember Tap Out, that brand? Yes. That was them. They started doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of things turned up and it didn't work their way, but they were in it. Like, they were heavily in it. Mm-hmm. They were always competing in wrestling, like, oh, like, I'm a better wrestler. What? What? And just square off right there and then. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the school, you know, Tito Ortiz was close to them. Um, you know, a lot of, I think Tito Ortiz was like the main one. But yeah, there's a lot of history behind that, and it's crazy how, like, somehow, some way I'm like super intrigued by a sport, but like, it happened before me. You know what yeah. I
1: mean?
0: Is your parents into it?
1: I mean, I, I I forced my mom to watch some of these edits, you know, I have to uh-huh. get her educated. And if I'm watching a UFC fight, the big fights, I also tell her, You have to, you have to come and watch this. And then uh-huh. my dad, sometimes we watch some big UFC fights, I wouldn't say like they're into it um i mean my dad sometimes you know scrolls through and watches ufc
0: but uh-huh i try to get them into it yeah my dad my dad enjoys watching the ufc he gets really excited i have to explain to him a little bit more because he doesn't know like all the names and stuff like that but he does enjoy watching the ufc a lot mm-hmm. he, he says he's like oh no mijo he's like if i didn't have a family like if like he's like sorry and i love you and i wouldn't trade you guys for anything but if i did have a family i would have been in there he's like and i would have been good at it too. I'm like, yeah. He's he's like, yeah, I would have definitely been in the UFC. He's like, because wrestling, I only did it my senior my junior and senior year, you know, towards the end of my high school career. He's like, and in and, and that year, you know, I got to CIF. I was doing really good. I was small, but I was really good. Because like, I would have been in the ranks of... He's like, you know what? Demetrius Johnson would have gotten fucked up by me. That's what I was... <laughs> 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 like, he was he was going that far, and I was like, mm. oh, wow. He's like, he's like, yeah, mijo, I would have been in this shit hard. Mm-hmm. I would have been the champion right now. I was like, that's crazy, kid. I, I can't imagine my dad being the champion of the flyweight division. My dad's five foot two and he's 125 pounds. So, like, oh wow. <laughs> in high school, he would weigh in on the scale to like weigh in for wrestling with a backpack on at 80 pounds. Really? I mean,
1: they would let they would let him on a, with a backpack? He
0: was 80 pounds. He needed to be in a <laughs> He needed uh-huh. to be in a weight class, I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, he would go against like the the 102s. The one he would go, he's like the, the furthest I would go at that time would be like the 140s. But then after that, the other guys started like being a little bit too bigger for me. But 140s yeah. were still like was the limit where it's like I'll win some, I'll lose some, I'll win some, I'll lose some, But these guys are getting tougher and tougher. Yeah. What's your favorite division? In fighting in, in UFC? UFC, yeah. Lightweight for sure. Definitely lightweight for sure. But I think lightweight and down, I think, are my favorite ones.
1: Yeah, the featherweight, I just don't... I mean, there's Like, there's a huge gap in competition. That's the there problem.
0: There is. After, like, the first five, and then after that, it's just a huge yeah. gap.
1: You, you got some... I think you got, like, three guys. Bryce Mitchell, Lillia Tempora, Bryce and, Mitchell, yeah. And then that Mo, Moskov, I love... I don't know how to say his name, but... Those three guys uh-huh. are
0: pretty good. And then we have mean? the the bantamweights. Bantamweights are lots of bantamweights fighting on October twenty second. Mm-hmm. We have Peter Yawn. We got Sean O'Malley. We got Ultimate Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. What do you, What are your predictions of those fights?
1: I haven't thought about it too
0: much. Here, it's very here, very he, hard. It's It's Peter nice Jan and early. We have so much time before before October twenty second. Let's give our per- official predictions for like main events for UFC 288 yeah. to UFC 280, not 88, my bad Alright, first up, let's go. Let's start from... Here, I'm gonna pull it up on this side so I don't mess up on my list UFC 280 card list, alright? We have... Benil Darius versus Gamrot What do you think is taking that one?
1: Okay Benil Darius, very good wrestler, got his striking in shape. Jiu-Jitsu is very good. Gamrot's mm-hmm. also an amazing wrestler with amazing scrambles. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a crazy fight. I
0: Benil's twenty-one and four, and Gamrot's twenty-one and one with one no contest. Yeah.
1: I th- also, I think that one loss. A lot of people say he didn't really lose him.
0: Oh really? Uh huh. Interesting. So, who do you think is gonna win this one? I've seen a lot from Gamera, bro. He looks promising. Same with Benil, though. Benil's been talked about a lot. I want to say Benil, you so
1: bad, but it's like, I'm going to have to go... Ah, it's so hard. I just think Gamera's just Benil, Darius, but younger and just faster.
0: So. Yeah, I I'm think I'm going to have to go with Gamera as well. But, I, but I'm not saying Benil can definitely take this fight. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think Gamera might take it. Next up, we got Peter Young versus Sean O'Malley.
1: Two promise
0: Huge huge step up for Sean O'Malley. Huge step up for Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley was ranked what, like number 13 at the time?
1: Yes. Or right now?
0: Let's see. Sean O'Malley, he is ranked number 12. Mm -hmm. He's going against the number 2 guy. Number 2? Number 1 guy. Mm -hmm. That's a big step up.
1: Yeah. I... Before the Al title reign, I just feel like nobody could beat Peter Young, Mm-mm. especially after that performance against against Jose Aldo.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, Peter Young was scary.
1: But I mean, Sean O'Malley's striking IQ is so high, and he has some of the best feints.
0: Yeah, no. And you already know he's working on something up, the, uh, up his sleeve, so. Bro, you've seen his training videos, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those training videos? <laughs> yeah, the best. he got the best training. He's so funny, bro. Um, Peter Yan, he's very strong, bro. Like, this guy is scary. He could... If Aljamain Sterling hadn't lost or hadn't won against him, Peter Young would have been a champion But that knee that he did to Aljo. That's what caused him that loss, too. But Peter Yan is champion level, you know? He's at the number one spot for a reason. He, he has
1: been dropped once in his UFC career. Like, actually dropped. So, I don't know, maybe Sean... Sean um, O'Malley may pull something out. Maybe Peter fights with anger and Sean catches him. This is a very hard fight to uh, actually pick. But if I was to go on record, I would probably go with Peter Young.
0: I think I'm going to have to go Sean O'Malley, man. Mm-hmm. Peter Young seems like he's going to be more dominant, but I feel like Sean O'Malley's going to have more control throughout the fight. He's going to be controlling the distance. He's going to be striking beautifully like always. And if it gets to the ground, I feel like he might be prepared a little bit more. So even either get back up or finish it fast on the floor. Not wrestle around with Peter Jan. Yeah. Aljamain Sterling, who had just fought Peter Jan. He held him down the entire time, I would say. Most of the time, at least. And the, like, full Nelson type thing. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, and it was the um, Hamza versus... Song Yedong, Not Song Yudong, Not Song Yudong. Um, Against the Korean Zombie. I think it was in the same fight. It was him, then yeah. Aljo, then yeah, Alexander it was on the practice. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think. But I yeah, think he so. held him up the entire time. He's going to be fighting against TJ Dillashaw, ex-champion versus current champion.
1: I got Aljo, to be honest.
0: I got Aljo, too. TJ Dillashaw's scary, though. TJ Dillashaw's really good, but... His striking is amazing. His wrestling could be a little bit better compared to Aljamain Sterling's. I won't be surprised if Aljo just wrestles the entire time. Yeah, TJ's got pretty good clinch control, though. Yeah.
1: TJ has a good strategy for, like, racking up points.
0: Yeah, he knows how to rack up points for sure. And we saw that against Corey Sanhagen. Exactly. Corey Sanhagen won. Like, I would say he won that fight. Yeah, but according to, like, points, you
1: can see how TJ won
0: the fight. He earned more points. He knew exactly how to do. He, He fought as a competitor, not as a fighter. You know what I mean?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things he has to look out for for sure. Because Corey Sanhagen is not to be messed with. He can definitely be a champion one day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's he's a ninja, bro. His last fight against Song Yodong was amazing. Mm-hmm. That big gash, big cut. That's gonna leave a scar for sure, bro. Yeah. Big cut. But I'm taking Alderman Sterling on this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I feel like it's fun. it's a good it's a good pick. TJ Dillashaw, um, so I'll be surprised with what he comes out with, though. Mm-hmm. Charles Oliveira, the main event. Charles Oliveira versus Makachev.
1: Big fight feeling.
0: <laughs> Big fight feeling, bro. <laughs> I'm excited right. for this one. So here's what I think is going to happen. for sure His Islam's
1: camp has been trying to exploit Charles Chin, even though he's not, he's not a striker, but his kickboxing is, is fairly good. He's going to come out there, he's going to try to drop him. Who knows if he gets caught. Maybe he gets caught Maybe he gets knocked down by Charles, but I think he's going to try to drop him. Hop on him because he's not scared. He's not scared Uh like all these other guys. He's going to hop on him try to ground and pound TKO him. Or he's going to keep his distance a little bit, strike a little bit, and then just take him down and kind of like shut the world. Like here, Uh I am a Sambal guy on top of Jiu-Jitsu guy. I'm more dominant. Let's smash him a little bit. I I think I just see this fight kind of playing out as a TKO ground and pound
0: victory for Islam. You think so? Yeah, I, that sounds very likely. To be honest with you, a ground and pound from Islam is definitely something that could definitely happen for sure.
1: I was watching Charles. So I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Charles Rivera's jiu-jitsu game, I thought it was like a little bit overhyped. Like everybody saying, like, oh my god, this guy's like the go-to jiu-jitsu. I don't in in UFC. I don't know if it's that to the level, but he 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 is pretty skilled. Because I was watching this Kevin um, Kevin Lee fight. And he looked really... His guard, like, when he was on his back, he looked really good. He did look
0: really good. And then um, he does some submissions that I are very impressive. Like, mm-hmm. And he he gets them from various positions. Like, he gets to the position very fast and knows how to finish very fast as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he could turn a bad position into a good position. And again, it's because he's very sneaky with it. He's very sleek. He just slithers around and turns and gets to your back and chokes you out. You never even notice. And that's yeah. something that... Islam does have to look out for Islam is very dominant He's very defensive He is gonna be um, I guess In the lead I would say Like as, as in the fight I feel like Islam's gonna win the fight Right? But I feel like Charles might Like win Like you know Statistically the fight You know? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So like Throughout the entire thing Islam won But at the very end Charles Got the dub You know what I'm saying? He's yeah, just very like sneaky. Points. I I I won't be surprised if I see some like random submission from out of nowhere. Yeah. He said first round, bro. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he said I'm gonna shock the world. Like it kind of makes kind of makes you scared. I I think it's more of a meaning now when tr- someone like Charles Oliveira says it than when Izzy says it, because Izzy said that last time. Yeah. Leave you frozen on ice like Elsa.
1: Mm-hmm. That was one. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I left you on Skate This time I'm gonna leave you frozen like Elsa I started saying that on UFC 4 Like as a joke It's so funny
0: Oh my god You
1: play UFC 4 a lot? Mm-hmm. I have Xbox too
0: No I don't My friend uh, My friend Okeke He has a um, He has a TikTok called Squabble Master And he just plays UFC 4 Talks about UFC sometimes Challenges people on live streams on TikTok And it's so much fun mm-hmm. He yeah. just has a good time Everyone challenges him and Talks shit on him too Yeah but but going back
1: to Islam, um, uh-huh. when when yeah when he was scheduled to fight Benil dariush a lot of people were like Benil dariush may have a better ground game all this, and then I remember some like world champion jujitsu guy I don't know who it was but he trained with Islam and then he like post he he went on Instagram like posted like this guy is crazy like he was dominating me from this that like he was giving Islam so many props and it's like if Islam can do that to a jiu-jitsu champion he could do that to Charles as well and Benil.
0: Yeah, and also, like, if you look at their backgrounds, like, I would say their backgrounds of the fighter do have a lot to do with how they are. Well, there are some exceptions, too. Like, BJ Penn, that guy was just... Like, he had a good family. He had money. He didn't need to fight at all. He just liked fighting. He was really, really good at it. prodigy child. Right? But, like, look at Islam, where he came from. Look at Charles Oliveira, where he came from. Mm -hmm. And these guys are fighting for something. And then Islam, like, he's been trained under... Or with Habib under Habib's dad, with Habib under Habib, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's destined for legacy now. And yeah, I know. So we just can't guys, believe that it's a shot, you know? These guys grew
1: up. All they wanted was just to go to the UCB champion. All they did was just... I've seen those training videos. It's like Habib is like laying on the floor, and then they just get, uh, get waken up they go outside the mountains get logs and swim over their head like they do, they do the most
0: swimming uh, swimming on the opposite side of the river just like yeah. upstream how do you do that exactly <laughs> like these guys are they're real
1: warriors their whole life has been trained and destined just to do this you they see were, they were literally born for
0: it you see the difference of when i say like oh habib has that goat status because look at like not only like the shit that he's done inside the octagon but also like everything on the outside of the octagon like of him as a man of him yeah. and as a coach of him as a son you know it's have you, you know patrick gavia right the youtuber who patrick gavia uh, i don't think so he makes ufc documentaries uh maybe i've seen his
1: work but the, the name doesn't sound
0: familiar. yeah, yeah maybe you've seen his work like he says like the life and death of habib Nurmagomedov, and it's like a red thumbnail with yellow and habib like this i i had him on my podcast before you should definitely check him out bro i'm about to hook, i'm about to put you on his content you're gonna you're gonna love it bro mm-hmm. like i'm telling you this is even if you're not a ufc fan like you just showed this to one of your friends who doesn't watch ufc at all they're gonna love it i'll send you the link right after this because it trust me his work is really good but it shows you like what these fighters have to go through in their lives and it's like it gives it so much more meaning to them and like this whole organization, because look at these people where they're coming from and what they're fighting for. Mm-hmm. It's not just them throwing punches. Yeah. So that's why I was like, he knows how to maintain. Kabib knows how to maintain himself as a fighter in the octagon and as a person on the outside. And that's what makes him a good goat level martial artist. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Right, and I'm sorry, like John Jones is a great fighter again, but yeah, you got you also got to be able to know how to act on the outside of the out of the ring.
1: Yeah be doing the things
0: he's doing for sure yep you got to be able to know how to be that that warrior in a garden you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: instead of just a freaking monster the entire time yeah but yeah man i think i'm gonna leave you off here we've been talking for like an hour and like 40 minutes 37 minutes Mm -hmm. that's crazy but yeah man thank you so much good podcast
1: thank you so much for having me on
0: yeah bro i'll definitely have you on again we'll talk about more ufc stuff coming up later Mm -hmm. on too yeah Yeah. Um, sure Hopefully, you have a good UFC 280, man. That's going to be freaking yeah. crazy. But thank you again. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Everyone, go like and subscribe over on his YouTube channel. Follow him on Instagram. That's where he's always posting. Mm-hmm. And remember, everything's going to be down in the description below. Copy your K5 okay, you Podcast merch, and I'll catch you guys all later. Thanks, man. See you guys. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all, man. How a going? You too.